Right, my name is Patrick Hamilton, and this is Solid 60, episode 18. It is Wednesday, the 1st of August, 2018. I do need to uh, get back to doing it on Monday, but that's how life goes. It went a little late last week, and it just kind of rolls over like that. And uh, life just uh, gets in the way sometimes. We've had some family stuff. I did actually go to the gym once, so I can feel good about that. I finished the Smash article. I can feel slightly better about that. I did want to have something up by now with Beyond the Con, but can only ask for so much. Grand Theft Auto is very uh, much my mistress right now, so I think I'm one mission away from finishing the damn thing, so that helps. Uh, I'm going to miss it, but God, they... Uh, I spent, what, two hours yesterday swimming around on a little, one of those rubber ducky, no, like those SEAL team people use them, these little boats that are made of rubber. I'm sure there's a term for it, but anyway, way too much time looking for submarine parts, and then I've still got to finish the submarine mission where you look for uh, some other kind of parts. I think it's uranium, and it just, oh my god, like I had 25 or something out of 30, swam down past a shipwreck, went, oh, I'll check the ship. Usually there's parts in there. I don't want to go too deep without making sure. Yeah, clipping problems meant that that was as far as I got. I could not swim out of the damn ship. Thankfully, you can, unlike Fallout, switch to another character and start the next mission, which was good fun. You have to steal these cars. And, uh, well, pretty much like every heist mission, you spend time stealing stuff to prepare for it. I think I'll miss that kind of crazy fun when I move on to finishing Fallout, and then maybe playing some of the 50 other games I just bought in the sales. The Mafia 3, Doom, Ghost Recon, Call of Duty, believe it or not, something called Recall. And now I just started watching videos about Forza Horizon 4, which is of all things set in Scotland, of all places. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not uh, sure I need to get that straight away. I think I'll wait for it to drop slightly in price because... It looks very similar to number three, which is the only one of the series I've played. And I pretty much just bought it because of the Australian content. I don't know how much they're going to have in number four, whether you'll be able to use the, any of your previous cars. I somehow doubt it. Garage would be probably confined to one or the other. So I will have to check on that one because if you can use a Monaro, etc., etc., in Scotland, that's kind of cool. I mean, playing Horizon 3 was the first time I'd played something that arcadey on a machine this schmick and fast on a TV this nice, the one in front of me. So it was kind of mind-blowing. It, it was a real jump from anything I'd played like that before. Four looks pretty much the same, so I'm not sure I really need to. There's definitely the law of diminishing marginal returns. I'm gonna Google that. That's a good thing about doing this at home. I'm not just driving around um, thinking out loud. Law. This is, see, I didn't think this was cool to do. But then I started listening to Dr. Carl lately. I'm going through those, this BBC Five podcast, which is nuts because it'll just stop halfway through and go to the next one. It's like, um, yeah, he was halfway through a sentence, guys. Well, the ads will cut in really badly timed. Diminishing marginal returns, that's the one. Just in case we're not sure what that means. There's a whole bunch of different websites where you can get the example. I'll go to Wikipedia because that's usually the decrease in the incremental output of a production process as the amount of a single factor of production is incrementally increased while the amounts of all other factors of production stay constant. Wow, I knew there was a reason I was happy school finished. Like they just find a way to make everything sound much more boring than it has to. So enough of that. I'll rather go to Reddit. 
There's been some news on the front of the whole James Gunn controversy. The entire cast, as in all the main actors that paid the big money, came out and signed an open letter to Disney. So that was good to read. I might actually um, find that. Because there's plenty of news. It's all over the place. Guardians. All I have to do is type in G-O-T-G-3 and it'll be in the news. Fans already want Tyker to replace James Gunn. Yeah, well, that's probably the most realistic. That's the only way I would maybe watch it. And to, for me to nearly boycott, and as, as much as I know that would be a pointless thing to do, um, it takes a lot. Yeah, see, that's an old one. There's an article there from 2017, the final in the series. Yeah, we knew that. At least let him finish the final, you know? Come on. So that was over 10, that's about 10 days ago, and that's what they said in there. Little, uh, so there's all maps, images, videos, shopping. Why don't I have a news option? That's unusual. Cast. Now there's a news option. You just add the uh, extra word. 30th of July, they waited, yeah, pretty much exactly 10 days. It's even on ABC News. I mentioned it at work. <laughs> no one knew what I was talking about and just kind of laughed. So it's kind of a nerd thing, but it's mainstream enough to... I mean, if you tell people, you know, the movie with the people like James, Chris Pratt, people kind of know what you're talking about, but most new norms are a bit, it, it sort of goes all over the head. And that's the problem with doing this. They're only going to find out potentially if they hadn't fired him and uh, there was a huge outcry by the outright and all sorts of idiots jumping on board and saying, oh, they're defending a pedophile or whatever it is. So that's... Not a good thing. I've moved the microphone to the coffee table because even though it might sound a little echoey, it's better than last week. It was all over my lap and there was just too much noise. Anytime I moved, it was six men wrestling underneath a pile of blankets. I don't know if I went with the right metaphor there. I think the wrestling thing came from watching a documentary last night called Tickle Me. Was it just Tickle? about a New Zealand journalist who tries to investigate the dark and strange world of uh, tickle fetishists. And one of them's perfectly fine, but there's another one who pretends it's not a fetish. It's totally a legit sport of the championship and just spends his entire inheritance, no family members left, posing as a woman, as two or three women actually, uh, not in person thankfully, but online. And, and just paying a whole bunch of people to make videos of themselves getting tickled and you wouldn't think that would be that interesting until the amount of hate and vitriol that comes at uh, the reporter for even trying to ask about it uh, the fact that the reporter is gay becomes a big issue for the man in question um, it's just nuts the more you watch the more you're like what the f is going on I just doesn't make any sense at all for someone to be like that but that's the world we live in and he's got way too much money and way too much power and thankfully it does have somewhat a happy ending apparently the tickle stuff is still going on but i'm sure with that documentary out there it's going to be a lot harder for him to operate the same way because there's a lot of exploitation there's a lot of very terrible behavior basically like if anyone decided not to participate at some point like change their mind oh they were in for it and there's a lot of use of footage of them that wasn't approved oh, the, the guys that sign up and a lot of lives are ruined so hopefully now whatever his name is Amato Dave Amato is uh, 
gonna have it all collapse on him because yeah the only good thing about it maybe is that he's paying a lot of young guys money that they wouldn't have otherwise had access to to do something relatively easy but it's which would be fine on its own but it's the way he follows up with uh, complete trash trashing of their lives both publicly and privately the harassment the, the bullying and he does the same thing to these reporters and they're from new zealand so they're just like no this isn't fair we're gonna just dig in and, and go for it and they he met he finally met his match because there'd been two or three other reporters that they talked to uh, that over the years had tried to actually to, to be fair the first reporter had given all the information to the fbi in the early 2000s or the end of the 90s and basically he did time for it so the first reporter got a win the second female reporter i don't think it went anywhere but she did have a lot to say so that was interesting so i recommend that tickle me or you know just go on netflix and look up tickle i'll i'll take it check it now just to make sure i've got the right tickle tickle documentary it's just called tickle all right so easy enough to find and i do want to see if there's any follow-up to what happened because I mean, there's an IMDb page, so I'm going to go over there. There might be some trivia about how that went down afterwards, because I really want to know. At the end, it just says, yeah, he's still doing the same stuff. But I'm like, come on, tell me that he got shut down. A number of subjects from the films attended a screening in Los Angeles. The very unusual Q&A was streamed live on Facebook and involved legal threats and warnings of potential criminal charges for the filmmakers by the film's subjects. Ah, I love it. They just don't care. And that's it. There's just like three bits. All five were sued in an effort to stop the film from being shown. Obviously, that didn't work out. During a screening, uh, the film had to be stopped for only 10 minutes while local police escorted two people from the cinema. The two were allegedly private investigators who had been spotted trying to record the film with a device hidden in a coffee cup. Christ. I mean, that's ironic considering the reporter had done the same thing when he'd spoken to one of the um, subjects, not David himself, but he hires all these thugs to run around and do his bidding and private detectives and lawyers. And then he poses as those lawyers that he is himself hired uh, to further threaten anyone that tries to badmouth him, basically. So, yeah, very deranged individual. Whoa, David... D'Amato died very suddenly in the year after the documentary premiered in March 2017, so I did not know this. The film directors posted a statement on their website that they were incredibly sad. Huh. Is this real? i gotta, I got to Google that, because it's just this one thing on this page. David D'Amato died. i got to... I mean, if the directors said something. Life after the Tickle King's death. All right, no, he's dead. Suddenly dead at age 55. I mean, he didn't look healthy. So, the spin-off, if David is dead, why is his tickled em- tickling empire still operating? Well, that's a good question. So, yeah, I've got to tag a friend in this because we kind of watched it together, not in person, but while chatting online. So, that is nuts. So, I'm glad I, I looked that up. I have to read that article at some point, but not right now. Not much going on on Facebook at this point. It's kind of the middle of the day. I finished early. Works really slow at the moment. They've given the third driver two days off you know which is yeah not a good sign trend wise but hopefully it's because everyone's saying up to not everyone but 
Shelley and Richard were saying basically that by now, um, the end of sort of the financial year, things should get moving again because they slowed down up to that point. People didn't want to spend a lot of money at the end of the year and now they'll start being able to open their budgets again. But I don't know. It makes me glad I haven't invested in a um, car or house at this point because it just I get a little nervous whenever things get slow. That's the one disadvantage of working for a small business. The ABC News article that has the Guardians of the Galaxy wants James Gunn reinstated as director. There's a video of all things. Marvel 101, Guardians. Uh, I hate this. See, there's all these videos and it seems to be common on a lot of websites now where it's like, you want to play the video of our article and instead of someone audibly reading it out loud, right? So you can listen to it instead of driving or whatever else, you t I mean, while you're driving. No, it's literally the article on the screen, just broken up into sentences with artwork behind it. I've seen that too many times and I'm like, why? Who chooses that over just skimming through it really quickly on the actual page? I just don't, there's just music and text. I, someone's got to explain that, why that would be an option. Like why you would choose that option over just going, bang, 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 that's all the information right here. Anyway, so I, I'm not seeing any reactions from James Gunn yet. I'm waiting. For, I, he's staying understandably silent, like anyone under siege at this point, except for Roseanne. Whoa, she just opened right up. And that's the problem. They're comparing it to her, and it's not the same thing. Like I said last week and when I was reading Reddit comments. Um, and I mean, there is some stuff he was posting on Twitter. I want to go back to number one. This is July 19th. So just when it sort of came out, he must. these must have been his last Twitter statements. Many people have followed my career. Know when I started, I viewed myself as a provocateur, making movies, telling jokes, they were outrageous and taboo. I've developed as a person, so has my work and my humor. Not to say I'm better, but I'm very different than I was. I try to root my work in love and connection and less in anger. My days saying something just because it's shocking and trying to get a reaction are over. In the past, I apologized for humor of mine that hurts people. I truly felt sorry and meant every word of my apologies. For the record, when I made these shocking jokes, I wasn't living them out. I know this is a weird statement to make and seems obvious, but still, here I am saying it. Anyway, that's the completely honest truth. I used to ta make a lot of offensive jokes. I don't anymore. I don't blame my past self for this. But I like myself more and feel like a more full human being creator today. A love to all of you. Yeah, and, and I did find out in my research that he didn't write the first one. He took all the credit from a woman who spent two plus years researching it and writing the original script. The original script writer was Nicole Perlman. Google her if you want the evidence. So, and then someone says, no, they both co-wrote the script. It means together she wrote the book. Big difference in explanation. So, you know, that's just people getting a bit into each other very quickly on Twitter, which is uh, people referencing the Roseanne thing. Not the same thing, guys. So it kind of ends after that, which is pretty understandable, really. So let's go back to the statement that they read out. Every single one of them shared it on their Twitter, except obviously uh, Michael Rooker, because he deleted his and uh, in protest. Good on him. But yeah, we've got, like, for instance, Chris Pratt, and I'm hesitant to look at the comments there's a lot of people getting stuck into him for a 
defending James Gunn, um, even though he's clearly not defending the humor, he's just like literally says that anyway, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. To our friends and fans, we fully support James Gunn. We were all shocked by his abrupt firing last week and have intentionally waited these 10 days to respond in order to think, pray, listen and discuss. In that time, we've been encouraged by the outpouring of support from fans and members of the media who wish to see James reinstated as direct director of Volume 3 as well as discouraged by those so easily duped into believing the many outlandish conspiracy theories surrounding him. Being in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies has been a great honour in each of our lives. We cannot let this moment pass without expressing our love, support and gratitude for James. We are not here to defend his jokes of many years ago, but rather to share our experience having spent many years together on set making Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. The character he has shown in the wake of his firing is consistent with the man he was every day on set and his apology now and from years ago when first addressing these remarks, we believe is from the heart, a heart who we all know, trust and love, in casting each of us to help him tell the story of misfits who find redemption, he changed our lives forever. He believed the theme of redemption has never been more relevant than now, what we believe. Each of us looks forward to working with our friend James again in the future. His story isn't over, not by a long shot. Ooh, I hope that happens. There is little due process in the court of public opinion. James is likely not the last good person to be put on trial. Given the growing political divide in this country, it's safe to say instances like this will continue. Although we hope America's Americans from across the political spectrum can ease up on the character assassinations and stop weaponizing mob mentality. It is our hope that what has transpired can serve an example for all those to realize the enormous responsibility we have to ourselves and to each other regarding the use of our written words when we etch them in digital stone that we as a society may learn from this experience and in the future will think twice before we decide what we want to express and so learning perhaps can harness this capability to help and heal instead of hurting each other thank you for taking the time to read our words the guardians of the galaxy and then they've signed it Palm with a huge signature taking up probably half the space. Very cool. So, um, yeah. And here he is underneath that. Although I don't support James Gunn's inappropriate jokes from years ago, he's a good man. I personally love to see him reinstated as director. If you please read the following statement signed by entire cast. And there's 34,000 comments on that. Um, I don't know if I want to read them all. But uh, oh, that's on his Instagram. I've got some new people following me that I can just follow back. It's so easy to do. But, you know, I never really go back and actually look at it. I mean, one social media account sucks up enough of my time. Have any of you even read the tweets? Doubt any of you have because no sane person would still be defending this guy. Like, they're not defending the tweets. They're defending who he is since then. The part where he says he still supports Gunn, who is definitely a pedo. Like, that's, like, people cannot function without jumping to conclusions. Like, they're doing exactly the thing that he's told them not to do, character assassinations, and the facts are that he made offensive jokes, not that he sexually abused minors or was in the possession of pornography. The shared video people are assuming and calling child pornography was not actually pornography. So don't share and believe everything you read without making sure you understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they're being a little bit optimistic 
and it's just a back and forth of the usual sort of thing. I don't know. It's like you see those threads on popular viral videos on Facebook where even the sub nested threads in the main, like thousands, thousands of comments, no one's going to go back and read any of it. No one's going to, I just don't know why anyone bothers participating after a certain point. And uh, don't get me started on people tagging friends in closed groups that their friends aren't in. Like that's, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it's not that hard. 10 years can change a person. You'll probably see volume three, no matter who's directing it. Jokes don't make you a pedo. Please learn the concept of dark humor. And like some people, when it comes to food, not everyone gets it. See, may not be funny to you, may be funny to someone else. Leave Mr. Pratt the heck alone. He's so supporting the man Gunnies today, not jokes he made 10 years ago. There's a few typos there. Stop comparing this to Trump's comments. We've seen that Gunn has changed as a person and recanted on his comments. Trump is the same person he has always been. That's all from me and keep kicking ass, Mr. Pratt. It's, it's depressing that people are this fickle. It doesn't take much to get them to turn. Not much at all. So, yeah, 20 something minutes. Let's. I haven't even looked at Reddit yet. Gal Gadot getting her Wonder Woman boots molded. molded. She's standing there in a crafty room with these giant white, look like casts that you'd wear if you break your leg, but all the way around her feet and right up to her hips. It's an amusing image, which is hard to do any justice to on a podcast. So I should probably stick to discussion threads. Look, at, I mean, it's very much an image friendly site. So like 90%, it's like Facebook, most of that's videos now, but a lot of it's visual. And uh, yeah, to find the good, little arguments and tidbits. God, they do look alike. There's a picture of Daniel Tosh, a famous comedian, and Bill Nye, the science guy. And they look exactly the same. So he's asking, where's the explanation to why Bill Nye and I look alike? Bill Nye responds, best you didn't know. It's gotta be more to that. I really hope there's more to that. Obviously it's just a jokey exchange on Twitter, but that would be pretty cool if they were somehow related. Wish I could pause the thing. All right, let's go to um, Today I Learned. It's one of my favorite little... I mean, it's not even in my favorites. I should do that. I should go down and put it in my favorites. Today I Learned. I have to, I, I'm subscribed to a lot of subreddits, so it's, it takes quite some freaking scrolling. All right, there was one I saw this morning that I thought was quite cool. Here it is. T Today I Learned. Because you should say T-I-L, you just sound like a wanker. Jack was a baboon purchased by a railway signalman who lost his legs in an accident. The baboon began to operate the railway. It's just like a, you know, the levers and stuff. Very old school. It's like a black and white photo. Um, and was eventually given a job and a salary. In nine years of employment, he never made a mistake. See, that's worth clicking on. i got to see when this guy was running around. Died in 1890. Wow. It was a Chakma baboon. He was an assistant to a disabled railway signalman in South Africa. There you go. Cape Town, Port Elizabeth Railway Service. James Jumper Wide has been known for jumping between rail cars until an accident where he fell and lost both of his legs. To assist in performing his duties, Wide purchased the baboon and trained him to push his wheelchair and to operate the signals under supervision. <laughs> An official investigation was initiated after a concerned member of the public reported that a baboon was observed changing railway signals. After scepticism, the railway decided to officially employ Jack once his competency was verified. The baboon was paid 20 cents a day and a half bottle of beer each week. 
It's widely reported that in his nine years, uh, he never made a mistake after... He died of tuberculosis. His skull is in the collection of the Albany Museum in Grahamstown. Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool. Props to Jack. I'll um, have a beer for Jack. Someone. Betty Robinson, who won the first Olympic 100 metre for women in 1928, was later involved in a plane crash. The, a man who discovered her wrongly thought she was dead and drove her to an undertaker. She awoke from her coma seven months later before returning to win a relay gold in 1936. Well, that's pretty goddamn badass. Oh, that's kind of sad. Great white sharks are rarely seen in captivity because they will usually stop eating and exhibit depressive behavior upon capture. Oh. Well, I don't think any of them, like you, if you ever watched the Blackfish, what's it called? Blackwater? No, that's the security firm. The one about the bloody killer whale that they used in the movie Free Willy, and ironically, it's kept in these really small little dark unhygienic pools and they get depressed and they self-harm and all sorts of stuff so it's not definitely not just great white sharks more for zoos because i mean they're you're not really giving them enough room but you can make it reasonably close to their ecosystem you can give them a fairly good environment if you spend the money i don't agree with the zoos you see in these third world countries where it's just concrete but in western countries they tend to do pretty well especially the safari parks and things like that and they, they're surviving whereas otherwise they might not survive and it's breeding programs and things like that but not aquariums they just don't i mean these things swim hundreds of kilometers a day so it's a good thing that they just stop as far as i know they don't have any problems breeding today i learned that chinese run factories in prato italy the majority of which underpay workers and force them to work in horrific conditions allow designers to put made in italy on their labels and charge a premium because consumers think they're buying ethically produced goods. Well, that's uh, depressing. Most of these are generally quite sobering. The Seven Nation Army was how Jack White would mispronounce the Salvation Army. I don't know who Jack White is. A song by American rock duo The White Stripes. Oh, received critical acclaim. So apparently it's a good song. That's about as much as I need to know. The Grasshopper and the Locust are actually the same creature. The locust is the grasshopper, high on serotonin. Well, that's cool. Dom Hall. See, I never knew how to pronounce his name. Dom Hall. It's like D O M H N A double L. He played Bill Weasley in Harry Potter. He's the son of Brendan Gleeson, who played Mad Eye Moody. I can kind of see the resemblance. Uh, Robin Hood was called to be removed from Indiana textbooks for being communist. I imagine that was in the 50s. Jesus, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. French woman Marie Belmont Gobert hit a British soldier in a cramped cupboard in her house from 1915 to the end of World War I in 1918, despite German officers living in her home and socialising in the room the cupboard was in. She received an OBE post-war. The cupboard is in a museum in the UK. Damn, that's ballsy. Today I learned that Kenny G's 1989 recording Going Home is China's unofficial national closing song for businesses such as food courts, Outdoor markets, health clubs, shopping malls and trains. Why is it that Asian countries do this? I don't know about any others, but I know Japan has Old Lang Syne as its closing song. So I'm guessing China just picked it up from them, unless it's been around long before that, the, the, the concept of it. That's really cute. I don't know how that song sounds. If I ever go, I'll certainly keep an ear out. I mean, you have to wait a while because stuff 
closes quite late in China, as far as I know. Shania Twain married the husband of the woman her own husband was cheating with. Hey, well, I guess she don't have as far to go that way. Good on her. Hopefully theirs, their relationship lasted longer than her husband's, if that makes any sense. Serial killer Wayne Nance, the Missoula mauler, invaded the home of Doug and Chris Wells. Despite being bound and stabbed, Doug managed to fatally shoot Nance in the head. The Wells survived. Yay, you don't often get a feel-good story like that. Feel-good indeed. Veteran Green Beret, after sentencing Veteran Green Beret to a night in jail for violating his probation, the same judge, who is also a vet, learned what he was going through after reading his paperwork, stayed overnight in the cell with him to be there for him. Oh, I really want to find out more about that. That's pretty damn awesome. Uh, set of footprints of a young child and a wolf or dog walking side by side was found in the Chevet cave in France. The information suggests the origin of the human-dog companionship could date to before the last ice age. Yeah, we've been hanging out for a long time. We've been just side by side for like as long as probably we've been around and dogs have been around. It's just a natural fit. Halsley Taylor came up with his improved fountain after his fellow employees started contracting dysentery from contaminated water. Taylor created a fountain where water came out in an arc allowing people to drink water from several inches away, drastically reducing the spread of illness. I thought that was done just because. Just just how they did it, with no real reason behind it, but that makes a lot more sense. I'm going to go back to that um, judge story. A judge who sentenced fellow veteran to jail uh, was so concerned about his well-being that he served the man's sentence right alongside him. Gulf War veteran Lou Oliveira district court judge who presides over the Veterans Treatment Court sentenced retired Green Beret Joe Serna to spend the night in jail. He did his duty, Serna tells people. He sentenced me. It was his job to hold me accountable. But what he did next, it sounds like I'm making it up and I'm not. Judge Oliveira persuaded another veteran, the jailer, to allow him to stay in the foxhole overnight with Serna. He's a judge, but that night he was my battle buddy, Serna says. He knew what I was going through. As a warrior, he connected. The warrior connection has played an important role in Serna's life for decades. As a young soldier going through the grueling Special Forces selection process, Serna and her buddy devoured the book Five Years to Freedom by Nick Rowe, a POW in Vietnam who escaped captivity and was later and later was assassinated and ripped the book in half so that the pals could read it simultaneously. He inspired me. Vietnam guys are my idols. Like many of his idols, Serna went into combat repeatedly. Each deployment brought honour and a measure of pain. I lost so many friends. I was medevaced after some guy dropped a grenade on me. In the process, I lost a bunch of guys right next to me. In one horrific incident, Serna and his fellow soldiers were trapped overnight inside a vehicle submerged in water. Everyone but Serna died. I lost my whole crew. They were in the water with me. That tore me up. I couldn't escape that truck. I stayed there until somebody saved me. Later, Serna was wounded and required surgery. How has this guy's life not had a movie? Afterwards, when he was medically retired, he paid attention to only some of his ailments. Physically, I was taking care of myself. I didn't think about the mental. I was having issues and would feed that with alcohol. I thought I was going down the right path. I didn't know I was going the wrong way. Yeah, who would have thought alcohol wouldn't help? Uh, his path eventually brought him to the Veterans Treatment Court, a relatively new branch of the court system in various jurisdictions, including Cumberland County, North Carolina. 
The special courts aim to help struggling veterans get back on track. Well, that seems like a good idea. The officials are mostly veterans who understand the dynamics of military service. We gel as a team, says Judge Oliveira. And they're spelt gel, J-E-L-L. People.com, hello, dropping the ball. Oliveira saw the team's positive impact on Cerno, who was on probation for several alcohol-related offences. When Joe first came to my court, he was so tight. His shoulders were tense. Over time, you could see his shoulders relax. But Oliveira says, everybody's human. People make mistakes. When Cerno violated his probation over urinalysis test, God, is that all? He knew he had to hold the veteran accountable. He also knew that being locked up and unable to escape a windowless steel box could trigger painful memories of the night Cerno was trapped inside a small space with fallen companions. Joe was a good soldier and he's a good man. I wanted him to know I had his back. I didn't want him to do this alone. Without telling Cerner what he planned to do, he personally drove Cerner to neighbouring Robeson County. There, Oliveira consulted jail administrator George Kenworthy, another veteran, and told him he wanted to spend the night in lockup with Cerner. He looked at me like I was crazy. He gave me the stink eye and said, I don't know what you're thinking, son. I can't lock up a judge. I never heard of such a thing. The two men went outside to talk. Give me ten minutes. Kenworthy told the judge, I'll get you all a cell. I'm not, I don't know how well I'm doing the accent here. Unaware of what was transpiring, transpiring outside, Sona settled in for his stretch in jail. He began to think about the night he was trapped with his fallen men inside the submerged vehicle. In the truck, I didn't know I could, I would get out of there. I only had one option that night, and it wasn't a good option. In the cell, I reflected on that. As his mind went into dark places, Sona heard his cell door rattle. He looked up, and to his shock, saw the smiling face of Judge Oliveira. I said, Judge, what are you doing? We're in the foxhole together, he said. Oliveira stepped inside. Kenworthy brought in mats so the judge could sleep on the floor. They closed the door and locked it. I said, this is serious. He had the ability to get out, but they locked the door. Joe asked his new cellmate, Judge, are you afraid? Judge, uh, Oliveira replied, no, are you? No. I was at peace, Sona says. When he came in, I knew everyone, everything was going to be okay. Two spent the night talking about their service, their families and their lives. The next day, the veterans left lock up together. Oliveira drove his cellmate home and stopped off to buy donuts for the Cerner family. The sentence is over, but now all three men say the experience enriched them. I'm a judge and I've seen evil, but I see the humanity in people. Joe is a good man. Helping him helped me. I wanted him to know he isn't alone. That matters very much to soldiers, Kenworthy says. Joe was in a war, war zone. It was in survival mode. You don't just turn off all the stuff you've seen and been through. Anybody can throw on the towel and forget about a person. But the judge didn't do it. I was happy I had the chance to be a part of that. I mean, as screwed as the justice system is in America, uh, that sounds like a good outcome. There's no byline yeah, giving... Susan Keating, right, right under the... So, well done, Susan. Nice wrap-up. Imagine doing that for a living. You're getting paid to write... That would be amazing. I might actually uh, finish stuff within a day, not just a month, if that was the case. I've got a few articles there to read. The spin-off looks like a bit of a... I started watching a YouTube series called Impulse. It's a bit like the Karate Kid thing. It's a bit like Cobra Kai. And in the fact, in the sense that there's two free episodes, and I believe after that you have to start paying. I oh, know. Episode three is free. So I'll open that up. Maybe episode four, premium. 
get YouTube premium. So that's when shit gets real. Alright, so I don't know. It's a pretty good series. And that just might get me to pay up. Ah, oh boy. Ah, oh boy. And then what's RedTube? RedTube? Is that different from Red YouTube Premium? I'm a bit confused. Hopefully I get a free trial, like a month. I'll just binge both Cobra Kai and Impulse. And then maybe have to pay next time when there's a season two. Because I believe they just dropped the entire season, much like Netflix. It's uh, got Keegan from Key and Peele. If that's his name. The tall, skinny one. Not the highly successful writer-director that went on and made Get Out. The other one. But he comes... The first opening scene, it reminds me of... Sense8, a little bit, but also... There was a show called... Not a show. There was a movie with the guy from Star Wars. I'm doing well here. I need to pause this. (laughs) Hayden Christensen. Right, so I have to look him up to find the movie that he was in because it was like the first thing you really did after Star Wars and TV shows I didn't realise he did that many TV shows I'm looking for his movies Jumper where you just grab someone and you can teleport straight away it wasn't a bad movie I just think it copped a bad rap because well he was in it and everyone hated the prequel so much like there was a whole drama recently around the guy who played Jar Jar Binks mentioning that he'd been suicidal after all the backlash about Jar Jar and Simon Pegg came out and apologised and basically said how much he regrets being such a huge dick at the time uh, in his show Spaced he'd gone on and on and on about how awful it was and yeah I guess in the light of the abuse that some of the uh, actors in the recent films have got he could see that he just didn't realise at the time since so over 10 years ago how damaging it could be so good on him I mean, you, it's tricky though because you've got to be able to criticise films and criticise the writing and uh, it, to a point the acting but, you know, not turn it into a bandwagoning, bullying, trolling. Like, it, there's a fine line and I guess he feels he crossed it. I don't know if that's the case. I don't remember him being such a huge hater on Jar Jar. I mean, it's so easy to lose him in the noise of everyone hating him and it's sad that the guy took it personally like given that he's an actor in a suit no one actually knew his name as such as far as I I mean I never knew what the guy looked like you'd think that would have helped but apparently not was with Rose Tico that character I can't remember her name Mary Kelly Tran uh, she didn't have that buffer there's no CGI character that she's playing it's not just her voice it's you know, it's literally, she's all out there on the screen. So when people go after her, it could, I can understand why that would feel more personal. Um, I've got to stop hitting the bloody seat to make my point because that doesn't really work on audio. But yeah, we're pretty well into this now. I think that covers all the most interesting news. I still want to get someone on Banana Split like, I'm really, I was just running through my head lately about doing more of a tech-focused transhumanism type thing and maybe even starting a separate one for that called Bleeding Edge I just think that's the way to go and just have different people on each week and talk about the latest technology that's going to change the way our lives basically just change our lives 
uh, for the better. Maybe for the worse in some cases, if you watch too much Black Mirror. But try and keep it positive um, and be all about... I mean, I think we're still a long way to go for really effective, affordable cyborg enhancements. I mean, it's, it's really just going to be for the rich or the creative or the very, very clever in the beginning. Because um, I certainly... I mean, I literally know one guy who has a train pass in his wrist and even that got disabled once the local government authority in charge of such things decided to freak out because they don't understand it uh, so we're a long way to go before it's an accepted mainstream thing but you know i like to be ahead of the curve and also talk about cryogenics and what the way that's going because it seems like there's a lot of ignorance on the subject and I'd like to learn more about it and hopefully enlighten a few others about how accessible it could be. Because I remember listening to a podcast recently where it was amazingly encouraging about how close we are to chirogenics that could be within our lifetime, ironically, achievable. It's, it's they're finding ways to stop the blood from crystallizing and breaking up. They're finding ways to but it's not so much just kill us, which I'm not too crazy about, because coming back from that, I really think that's a long shot. I mean, you've got tons of people out there right now frozen, but they're dead, you know? So I, I, as, as optimistic as I am, I don't think there's a good chance that you can just bring someone back from the dead, I think. Once that tissue's gone uh, and the soul's... I don't know if I believe in a soul, but it's like the whole uploading consciousness to the computer. To me, that would be like that film the prestige where he clones himself and then it's it's a completely different person it's sure the same neurons and the same electrical signals and wiring and all that but it's been reproduced somewhere else it's not you suddenly over there it's another version of you might have similar memories and likely to do similar things and taste the same you know they all share a shitload of things in common but it's not you as such so sure i'll copy myself at some point if that becomes an option but i can't see it uh being a valid immort route to immortality to me that would mean i would get away with say the old tale of the shovel you change the head and you change the handle and then you change the wood you can start altering yourself over time and you'll still get to me that you're still at some point as long as the memories are there and there's some part of you that remains, then yeah, that's still you. And hopefully the technology will get to the point where we can just replace bits and pieces as we need them. But I need to obviously do a lot more research into how that would work and whether it's possible in my lifetime. Because that's all people need. More of this. And it might just be, you know, another 60 years of, of rambling. It'll be few hundred but trust me if if that becomes the case uh where we're getting you know more than 60 years of me i won't do this every week i have set the bar now and it's a, a long way to go to keep doing this and i hope i get better at it and more interesting and more concise and have a bit more structure and even have a few people hang around and go yeah i need to hear that every now and then maybe not weekly but even if it's once a month or something or it's just certain episodes that depending on the topic that would 
mean the world to me. And uh, even if I have to just come back to it 20 or 30 years from now and go, oh, that's what was happening then, like an audio diary as Bill Burrs has been referred to. Um, he has millions of listeners. And God knows, I, I can't imagine he would go back and listen to his. He just seems like that kind of, I'm going to move on. He doesn't dwell. I could be wrong there. He sort of dwells on stuff he hates, but I, I don't know. I can't see him sitting there listening to his old episodes. And to be honest, I haven't done that much yet either. But it's only a few months in. We'll see how we go. There might be a nostalgia trip down memory lane one day. Yeah, like it reminds me of the Kevin Smith's modcast where he found some old audio tapes of him being really like emo Kev on the beach and just it was hilariously bad and so him and Scott Mosier basically sat there and tore it to pieces I mean it, to be fair it wasn't a podcast it was like an early tape deck type thing that he took around with him when he rode his bike somewhere to the beach and he was talking about the water and the deeper meaning of life and it was all very wanky uh, so it was pretty funny and I did feel a lot closer to Kevin after that I even used his first name like he's just another mate uh, which is another aspect of this I hope this phenomenon happens where you get people coming up to you and going hey man like they know you because they've listened to the podcast for so long which does happen to Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan and Bill Burr and people like that where they've had such a body of work out there for so long that people sort of feel like they know them through that work um, so to think that that could happen in my direction I don't know that would blow my mind surprise me one day uh, but that's it for now. I don't really have anything else uh, off the top of my head that I need to talk about. I did go to the gym for like 40 minutes. I went on the uh, the same one where you're kind of stepping and using the bars back and forth with your arms. It's so boring, but it's like, yeah, I'm not killing myself. And you're getting, uh, it tells you your heart rate. It's like 150 beats per minute, which is probably too high to be healthy. But... Um, so I'll keep cracking away at that. Port back. But for now, I have a solid 60. And I will see you on the other side. Peace out.